Okay, good morning and um, thank you for your patience and um, welcome, uh, Michael. And um, all right, so um, it's just gone past what eight minutes past uh, 10 o'clock here in Queensland, eight minutes past 12 in New Zealand, of course, eight minutes past five o'clock on a Friday evening on the west coast of the United States. Thank you, Michael, for coming and um, thank you for, um, well, uh, I'm looking forward to this um, enlightenment. And certainly we got enlightened um, back in February, March this year, prior to you um, vacating the country. Um, so I suppose all things start from the very beginning. Um, I mentioned in the early introduction before you came on that um, your father, Keith Reinhardt, was a physical medium and obviously golden fruit doesn't fall far from the tree and you obviously inherited his, uh, his same talents. Um, I wasn't quite sure whether to start directly with the little video clip that we got here in Brisbane or um, or just start with how you come to it. So how do you feel about that? Go ahead and do the video first. Yeah, that'll bring people on board with what you're actually doing, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's do that. And... Um, This might be sapphire or topaz, possibly citrine, but I think topaz. Um, these are called archangel shields. They have a really different kind of a, a cut to it. Um, these are. I love getting those. And these here, I believe, these are crystals, but I don't know what that is. These two things are rose quartz. These beautiful things are uh, mystic topaz. How many of those? That for the diamonds, rubies, sapphires, gold, silver coins, ancient and new. Before, with the help of the masters. Um, I'm not sure what this is because there's this is probably something that's it this might be possible because I sometimes apport things that don't come from this world. This looks like mossy agate. Looks like Are you depleted now as a result of this experience? Yeah. So, so 
for the exception of Well, there you go. That's uh, gives people something really to, well, a bit like a deer in the headlights, isn't it? And sort of see something like that people talk about it, but when you actually see it, it's uh, it's quite amazing, Michael. Um, where would you want to start? Because it's a really fascinating subject, isn't it? Well, uh, first off, there, there's a a couple of questions that usually end up being asked, and. And that is, how come I know what these objects are when they come out for the first time? <clears throat> the answer to that question is, when I started doing the apportation, um, I began to learn the different kinds of minerals and gemstones and things of that nature. So um, when I'm looking at them, I'm determining what I think they are. I'm not always right, but because there are other gemstones that look similar to, to one another. Um, and I needed to learn, you know, what kind of gemstones and stuff there were. The other question is, is um, where do they come from? Do the masters go around and, and uh, take people's jewelry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> and uh, no, they don't. Um, it every everything in past, present, and future exists simultaneously in the same space and time, uh, in a in a manner which we do not understand how time truly works. And so, when we look at things, we see physical uh, objects or things. And when the masters see things, they see our true nature, whether whether we be animal, vegetable, mineral, or human. And that is energy in motion. So they see the energy of a object. Now, since you're in um, Australia, I'll tell this part of the story. Um, a few years ago, uh, so I, I mean, I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but a few years ago, a Jeep in Australia, and out, I think it was in a desert area, was going across a creek bed, and they were carrying boxes of, of coins. Um, silver coins and when they hit the bump going across the creek bed because the bridge was gone um, one of the boxes fell out well the masters wait they can see the energy of these coins um, which which is a uh, a silvery sparkly energy and they wait 30 human or earth days before they they do something and so no one claimed them so St. Germain grabbed them, and then when I came to Australia, I um, apported uh, a lot of them, um, I think, last year. And so what they do with the coins, it comes with a message. Um, for instance, if, it's, if you usually get a silver or gold coin, that's a message from St. Germain to invest in precious metals. If there's a gemstone, like for instance, um, here's a an apport I received. It's it's a a ruby that I had made into a ring. And oh, actually, the ring, the whole ring I'm being reminded was a, was an apport. 
it was charged and programmed with energy charged with a certain energy for healing um uh, protection abundance love forgiveness things like that but there was also programming of, of message to remember to love yourself first before you can love someone else um you know things like that you know stuff that we've heard coming from the divine masters uh this particular one came from master jesus who's my um specific master teacher uh saint germain he's the one that works with the alchemy the apportation part of it so so no back to what we started out with the masters are not taking these objects from people so when you're finding something that disappears in your life it's not because Saint Germain came and snatched it from you. You probably lost it. <laughs> so. and, and if they're thief, is that what you're saying? I'll come to you this, yes. in the midnight hour. But that's oh, good. It's a good story. And um, so, uh, uh, alluded at the beginning uh, about your father, and um, and I've actually mentioned to a few people the story you told us about um, manifesting a a bikey jacket, a leather bikey jacket. And, yes. um, and then the energy was built up in the in the room and that stuff it really built it up and uh next second a harley davidson um a bike from the 1940s turns up with the the leather jackets taken off the stage and it's placed on the motorbike i, I thought that was a really fascinating it was a, 19, <laughs> it was a 1948 uh panhead uh harley yeah um I, I think I was four years old when that happened. Uh, my grandmother, uh, Helen, used to be his uh, right-hand um, man and bookkeeper and stuff, and so she was pretty much involved in everything he was doing. Now, when I was born, you know, I, I, I was born on a Tuesday, and I was in my first seance the following Sunday. And I wasn't a very quiet baby, but during the seance, I didn't say a word. I didn't cry. I didn't, you know, do the baby sounds or nothing. So my grandmother always thought that was kind of interesting. When I'd go into the seance, I'd be quiet. But when I'd come out, you couldn't shut me up. So, but I'm watching this as I, as I grow up, you know, as I'm getting older, um, experiencing these experiences. But see... I didn't know that this wasn't normal. You know, I, I thought all churches did this, you know, um, where they all had seances and speaking to spirit from loved ones to master teachers to angels. And I just thought it was a normal scenario until first grade when I uh, took my airport to um, – to school and explain to the kids where they came from <laughs> and the teacher freaks out and grabs me by the ear because in those days you you could do that and pulled me to the principal's office and then they called my mom and brilliantly enough my mother was uh, said that oh he's just acting out because of his um, his life and things that, that have been going on. So when I was uh, five years old, 
we're sitting in a seance setting. Keith Reinhardt is he's um, taped and, and tied to a chair, and there's this there's this singing and everything going on. It was just a beautiful time. I used to in, in, enjoy it, and what had happened was this red light appears, but it isn't coming from a bulb or anything. It it's it's just there. And then all of a sudden this this energy comes out of the cabinet that was a violet energy and it was Saint Germain. And this was he, he materialized in one of those old looking purple outfits he used to wear back in the seventeen hundreds, you know. Um and he uh materializes fully and he walks over to the piano sits on the piano you know keep in mind keith didn't know how to play any instruments um and he sat down and he started playing beethoven's fifth da, 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 you know and he would do a lecture while he was playing the piano about aggregation of the spirit and soul and he would say something and then he would be then he would play the dramatic part of the thing da, 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 and he'd keep going and it was just amazing how how that was and it was perfect it was like it was almost like beethoven himself playing the piano um and then the apportations uh the one that i remember and i actually still have that apport um could you hand me my box please uh I was sitting, my chair was always first row aisle seat. Um, I was a little spoiled at that church at the time. And um, quite frankly, I kind of miss being spoiled like that, but oh well, life goes on. So Jesus stands there and he says, look at my hand. So he puts his hand out in front of me. It was his left hand, and he says, take it from my hand. And I'm looking at his hand. There's nothing there. All of a sudden, in front of my eyes and the people that were sitting around me, this, it's a ruby, materializes in his hand, and he tells me to take it. And I've had this ever since I was a little boy. Um, it was an amazing experience. And, and even right now, all the hair on my uh on my body is on my arms and stuff is going up because of the vibration of it plus also the emotional memory of that experience um now i think it's probably important for me to to, to say in those days and up until about um two years ago i didn't i wasn't knowing that uh that he could potentially be my um, biological father. I was told that someone else was. And um, and then when I, I, I received a gift, a pair of cowboy boots that, that Keith Reinhardt used to wear, and I had a, a DNA test done on the material that was inside the shoe, the boot. It came back saying, basically, whoever wore these shoes was my biological father. Now, 
the person that, that I thought was my biological fa father had a size 10 shoe. Keith Reinhardt was an eight, eight, eight and a half. And so um, I could only assume, considering he didn't really let people wear his stuff, that that's what, um, so that's the story there. Um, I don't want to make a big thing out of it. He, uh, he was a great man, um, regardless, beautiful man, very loving, very caring, and I will never forget him um, for as long as I'm here on this planet. Uh, in fact, on his birthday, I always take a moment to think about him, which is uh, April April 1st. So he was born on, uh, what's it, April Fool's Day. <laughs> um, but I was told by St. Germain that I would be doing this and similar things and that I would graduate from high school uh, at the age of 15 and I would go off to college and then I would come back with degrees and stuff and I would start working at the Aquarian Foundation. And then at some point, Keith Reinhardt was supposed to, to step down to write his book and teach classes and things. And I was to, to step up. Well, that didn't happen. Um, things occurred. And I ended up in the custody of my mother and and it, my whole life changed after that, and I went through what I call 20 years of my dark ages. So at the age of 27, I ended up in uh, California, and I went through a healing process that a gentleman by the name of Reverend Weston Bailey, who used to work with Keith Reinhardt, uh, brought me into his fold. Um gave me a place to stay at his house. And then one day during a healing session, I told him that I can see past lives in people's bodies and stuff that's wrong with them medically. Well, he was a very suspicious man and he didn't really believe me. So he um, had a gentleman come in to test this and we did it. And it turned out that I was seeing what he was seeing and uh, to the point, and it was very exciting. Um, Weston had a uh, connection to the scientific community, but <clears throat> where a scientist took me to the Harp Math Institute, and we did some testing there. Another scientist did some testing um, at a place called the Tremont Medical Center. Um, his name was uh, um, Jerry Pittman, PhD. And then the first scientist was um, uh, a gentleman by the name of Ed Wilson um, who passed away of, of cancer. And I actually saw his cancer during the testing and no one knew he had cancer but him, his wife, and his doctor. And he jumps up out of his chair with his face all white. I don't believe it. I do not believe it. He, see, he sees my, my leukemia. Now, I didn't know what it was. I only described what it looked like to me. And I didn't even know what it was that I was describing. And then I went through, um, uh, uh, well, working in this industry, you kind of find that there's a lot of drama 
involved. And I, and that's about all I will say about that. So I moved on and all these different things started happening. I started doing apportation and, but it was in darkened conditions. Uh, and then I did the apportations in lighted conditions, which is very rare. As far as I know, I'm the only medium that does it in white light. I, I, I know that there's another medium in Germany who does it in, in red light. Um, wonderful medium. Uh, you probably know who he is, Kai Muge. Um, but red light is a different light than, than the white light. The white light has a negative effect on the ectoplasm that's needed to keep the vortex open long enough to bring the objects through. And so when the white light hits the vortex, the vortex seems to close. Um, and one time in Basel, Switzerland, that was happening. And I had a 1300 carat blue sapphire coming out of underneath my tongue. And the that video is on YouTube. It closed causing, because the object was bigger than the cavity of my of the internal part of my mouth. And so my, you could start hearing cracking and breaking my jaw dislocated and I, and I um, shattered a tooth back here. So you, you gotta be, it's, it's kind of a dangerous thing to do. Um, uh, but you know, people say, well, why can't you do it in the light? And I used to be one of those people that wanted to prove myself all the time by getting scientists to test me and, by doing things and stuff that um, most mediums wouldn't do for testing, such as being buried in the ground in a box, um, which did not happen because my wife uh, told me that she did not want me to do that. But, I did, but I've gone through every possible thing that I can do to prove myself, and it's just a never-ending thing. So now I just do it to help to work with people um, hoping that they will receive some healing. Even though I know I'm not actually the one that's healing them, it's themselves healing themselves through the vibration and the energies that they trust that's coming to them from the divine. Um, from that, uh, do you have any questions? Yeah, I was going to lead you into that one. Um, so when the guy said, oh, you can see into the body and you can see the leukemia, um, do you actually take, um, or the people come knocking on your door and ask to be taken under your wing and, and learn these things, or are they just natural uh, gifted people who just need to come for a session of mentoring just to confirm that um, they're okay and they can get on with it? It's just like a, a stamp of approval. Well, you, you, you're in, in control of your own self at levels that we don't even remember. Um, so the answer there is there are some people that are born with the gift already ready to go. All they just need to do is build that muscle so it's working. Um, but it also can be taught. And I do classes uh, to teach these modalities, including medium transphysical phenomena mediumship to include a materialization and apportation 
and I and right now I, I actually have a student that's been with me for three years. His name is Nick Rios, and he lives in in um, in San Diego, and he's been able to do the materialization, some voice from the trumpet, the trumpet, the seance trumpet was moving around the room, um, and also apportation. Um, it's been an amazing experience. There was one time where one of the masters, I don't remember right now who, which one it was. I, I think it was St. Germain. But he was going around the ladies that were in the room and touching them on their head and face. And Nick was still in the cabinet. I was still sitting in my chair. And it, it, was, it was just an exciting experience to see students do that. Um, my daughter, my youngest daughter, Rosie Bell, the first, very first time she entered in a cabinet for training, she apported voice and everything. And, and, and not even when I started doing this did that happen. It took eight months for me to start developing any kind of phenomena. She did it the very first time. And afterwards she says, Dad, Dad, I want, I want you to train me. And I told her, you know, that I wouldn't. Because until you actually experience being a physical medium, you, you might not, you might wish you hadn't learned because there's a lot of things uh, that people don't realize that can happen to you um, in this situation where you're vulnerable in trance, your bodily functions slow down, um, you got to trust the people in the room. Um, uh, it, you know, the, I could go into a lot of horror stories, but I won't. And the often see, um, uh, offspring come through a family line where that family line may have a historical link to, say, fishing. You'll see that whole family trees of fishermen, or you might see them as um, tin miners, or you might see them as you know sheep farmers, or you might see them you know, develop um, a sporting skill for um, playing, you know, baseball or softball or basketball, whatever. They just seem to come through that family line attracted to that particular um, family traits. And, and well, you know, the question really remains is that if you've your family's got that gift and you've got other people around you, you're probably bringing everybody else up around you to realise that, um, anything's possible, isn't it? Well, but my mother is is uh, an intuitive, and she sees things in the future. I have an aunt, my mom's sister, who uh, does very good readings with people. Um, she uh, predicts things that happen later on in people's lives, um, and. She's pretty, her name is um, Terry Love, and that's my aunt. And um, uh, my um, second youngest daughter sees things too, but she won't admit to it. Because um, she, it's, it's almost like they already know what I'm going to say before <laughs> I say it, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it, it does go back. Um, my grandmother uh, was very um, gifted. 
she was the one that actually taught me how to do the billet readings. Well, um, that's a big subject. Do you want to go there? Because I was going to bring that up. Because that's yeah. um, you want, so. You want um, to start in the beginning, or just now? Hang on a sec. I'll bring the photo up because people are not going to believe this. It's just okay. Just hang on a sec. We'll just share the screen. Hang on. Um, I just know what I needed for that. Um, there we go. I look like so, I'm in the hood. <laughs> so uh, just to bring people up to speed, I, I think it might be best if I speak on this because it just gives a second opinion or a second set of eyes. Yeah, but here, yeah, here in Brisbane, totally um, off the cuff, um, we're asked. Hang on, so we call it billet readings, and obviously here in Australia and probably in New Zealand as well for our New Zealand listeners, we've never heard of billet readings. It was only we had a lady in our group who um, spoke French and German who understood billet was ticket. So it was called ticket readings, but we need to learn this phraseology that you guys in the States have you been using, billet readings. So, okay, so we were asked to um, step up and get a, um, a piece of paper or probably a Bit thicker than that it's almost like the size of a postcard and it's uh, white on both sides and you're asked to write a number now that number could be one digit two digits five six seven i think one person put down seven digits um and then on the back you um, ask a question and so now that's then placed in that box that you can see on the screen there that michael's holding um and then it's then passed to him by an assistant. In the meantime, Michael gets two silver dollar American coins. Boom, boom, boom. They get taped. Another person out of the audience who we know gets asked to come up and put the tape with the coins over his eyes. He then gets a little thing that you'd have if you wanted to shut your eyes and put that thing across. What do you call those things? Sleeping things? Um, and that's taped. And then, of course, then the bandana goes over the top. So you have to say he's actually blinded. Yeah, that's the completely. So next step is that Michael, as you can see, is taking a position there. And uh, the assistant comes along, hands him over a box. And then Michael feels the card, pulls out the card. And what he first of all does is repeat the number or numbers that are on that card. That's the first thing it does. The card is handed to the assistant. The assistant then confirms the exact numbers that's just been repeated. And then Michael then turns around and answers the question. And then after the question is answered, the card is handed back to the assistant and the assistant reads out the question. And everybody goes, oh my God, it's amazing. You know, so um, that really sums it up, and brother. I mean, that's just a, an unbelievable talent. Yeah. Well, you know, I used to watch um, a, a Reverend Reinhardt do this, and he didn't do the coins. That was something that uh, that I added to the to the mystery of it all. Um, actually, I have two of them here, so people can see what they are. These are silver coins they are size of a silver dollar and there's no cameras or any holes in them. And they, 
you know, they put them here and they tape them in there along with the other devices that, that I put on. Um, but he, <clears throat> he did it standing up, you know, and he would be standing up there and people would write a question or something on the card and they put it in a box at the beginning of Sunday services. And at the end of Sunday services, someone would grab the box after he got taped up and, and then handed it to him and he would take a, one of the cards out and he would give the answer of the question and then he would hand the card to the person next to him and they would read the question right and sometimes i can even see the question it's not like it, it um that i it's like a vibration not necessarily the words and then i have lady nada who helps me with it as well but my grandmother she would have me sit there and she would do poker cards, playing cards, and she would turn them upside down and I wouldn't be blindfolded, but she would turn them upside down and she would ask me to find, you know, the eight or uh, the black cards or the red cards or the hearts and stuff. And I did pretty good there after a while. Um, and then she started doing the, the object inside the cup if I could find the cup that has the object in it and then tell her what the object is. Um, and, and that was basically how I learned how to do that. Um, Saint Germain sometimes came in. I seen more of them when I was a little boy than I do now, as far as them helping me do things where they would come. Now, in fact, one of them is telling me to make sure I let everybody know that there's, it's not really like I was one picked out of everybody and that I'm some uh, very special person. Everybody can see and talk with the masters. It's just whether you choose to see and or listen to them. You see, and, and that takes time and training to connect to that. Um, and, and the billet reading uses a lot of that connection to these entities, like I call Lady Nada Bobby. I, I, I've been calling her Bobby since I was a little boy. And I don't know why. I just couldn't pronounce Lady Nada or something and just called her Bobby. I even spell it wrong. You know, I, I, I spell it B-O-B-I instead of B-O-B-B-I-E, you know. Okay. And so she um, helps me with the, um, the billet readings. And, and St. Germain is the one that helps me most with the seances. And, um, and there's a thing called psychometry readings, where you take an object to somebody's and give them a reading. Um, they do that on a platform mediumship scenario. Um, but, but people can be trained. Well, I know. I mean... Uh... Us kids, you know, we would be um, kicking the ball around, and I mean, that's serving an apprenticeship before you went and played major league football. Yeah, the same as yeah, the yeah. pianist and, and all those years of training to do it. And all. We all have this art in us, isn't it? It's just a matter of it being. You um, have to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly right, and getting those gifts to naturally come out. That's why you're here, because uh, Julia on a Thursday night we share a show called Dreaming the New Dream, and that's. Our way of saying is 
it's happened to people whose um whose concepts and consciousness is completely different to mainstream and reveal to people that you know these are all gifts that people have got you know just here's another opportunity to develop that well like i said i i do offer uh classes to um to train people whether it be individual one-on-one -on -one, like in nick nick's case or groups um i i'm i'm available for readings over the internet right now on skype um it's to get a hold of me i, I guess i should probably say this um info at michaelshane.com right i'll put that up um and everybody needs to realize that my my the michael is spelt with a y m y c h a e l shane s h a n e um, yeah. yes you know um there's a lot of things that the uh the masters have been teaching us throughout the years you can you can find some of their lectures and and some of their teachings and now and, and if anyone really is interested in understanding who they are the um the life and teachings of the masters of the far east is a really good book which is uh written by beard t spalding but there's a lot of different books out there um and these classes are very much involved um and i demand you know commitment and discipline in it um which is unlike me for my first eight months <laughs> i was a little bit of a rough student um but uh it's a wonderful experience to see these things, not just through me, but through other mediums um, that have gifts. It doesn't matter. Just because you're a physical medium doesn't mean every physical medium does the exact same thing. You know, so it's it's always wonderful to experience um, the different mediums and the different modalities and use your own faculties. You know, and and Saint Germain always says. Every time you, you enter into something like this, even if you've seen and trust the person, you always want to keep a healthy skepticism and, and use your own faculties. Experience it. Understand it. Read about it. Don't just pass judgment. Um, listen to the message. And if the message doesn't make sense right away, wait. One day it will. Um, I've done readings on people, so yeah, well, that was absolutely nothing that I relate to. And then six months later, they call me up and apologize and say, this is happening and that's happening, you know, um, and that's great. But again, I'm not God, so, you know, I'm not always accurate. But there's so much things out there to see. You know, if you go to a psychic fair and you get 10 readings from 10 different psychics and you ask the same question, you get 10 different answers. And then you start wondering, OK, well, which one's right? Mm. I would say all of them. Because how many dimensions are there? We are interdimensional beings. You see, we're living multiple different lifetimes in, in, in a alternate dimensions. Um, a gentleman by the name of um, 
Arapis Bay talks about that. That's a, an ascended master. Um, and there's just so much information about who and what we are and why we are here, the origins of God and the connection to the angelic realm and how that fits with the realm of souls, which are human beings. Um, it, it's amazing and information is wonderful. And, and the thing is, you don't even have to believe it if you don't want to. You just uh, take what you what fits and what doesn't, you send back with love. I'll tell you, um, I've got a few guys in the construction industry, and um, they won't say it to a whole group of blokes, but I'll tell you what, if you, the plumber, for example, he seems to intuitively know, well, if you talk to him personally, probably he'll tell you, he just intuitively knows where he's got to put a bend uh, in the ground to go around a, a major rock, which would have required a, a rock breaker to break it up, or if it's not that, it's bringing the electrical wiring through the house. There it seems to be a sense um, that everyday people have got, um, even those people who they talk about got a green thumb, they've got that ability to work with um, the plants and, and herbs and stuff. They just have that natural affinity with it, and it hasn't been given a label. They just have this knowing, yeah? So... It covers all parts of our society, doesn't it? It's just that um, it just needs to be brought out rather than um, pushed away and and, um, and saying that you're, you're you've got an imaginative um, mind or uh, get out with those conspiracy theories or whatever terminology they want to use to put you down and sort of keep you in the state of... Um, well, you're almost like a bloody drone, aren't you? R rather than being a full-fledged um, human form, yeah? Well, like you were saying about the plumber, you know, what a lot of people don't recognize is, you know, that when they used to use the copper pipes, um, that's a mineral. That's a living, breathing entity. That's, that's, that's a life force. Uh, just like a gemstone, it's 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 a it's a consciousness. It's a living um, entity, like the earth or the plants. So if if you have a green thumb, you probably can communicate to the plants and find out what they need and what they don't want. But you're not aware that that's what's happening. You're just good at it. You see, uh, same thing with mediumship or being able to see the future. Um, it's just a matter of of connecting because we're all we're all connected you see that's why sometimes we meet somebody that we've never met that we're aware of in the physical and then all of a sudden we realize oh that person looks familiar well we we've met somewhere maybe not in this dimension but we're all connected there's a connection there so um it's, it's just absolutely uh, exciting to to be born in this kind of uh, situation. Um, right now, I guess it's not all excite, exciting because of the, the coronavirus. And that's been a question that people have asked me. Why didn't I know that this was going to happen? How come the masters didn't say? 
Well, sometimes stuff happens that, that wasn't meant to happen in the order of things, a, like a man-made creation, um, like war, for instance. War is not something that's karmically created. Neither was this virus. So, um, you know, sooner or later we'll get through it and we'll, we'll move on and hopefully go back to normal. But what we need to do at this time, instead of stirring up the dust, we should just, you know, be in a vibration of love and healing. That's just my opinion. Um, but that just is a, is a vast number of things that goes on that these modalities that we have connections to can help us through some of the issues that we may be feeling in one way or another. Um, you know, like when I met you the first time, uh, I could have swore I, I knew you from somewhere, but I never met you before. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and I and I just knew. I know this guy. I know this guy. Where did I see him? You know, but, and I still don't know exactly where because I don't think it was here in Earth. But we're connected to all these things. Um, and if we're meant to be together for one reason or another, the universe brings us together. Whether it be intimate relationships, friends, family. Um, some say, well, I didn't choose my parents. Well, according to the master's teachings, yes, you did. So, <laughs> you know, so we are connected. Hey, um, in the background there, behind me is a, a nature scene there and quite often um, I'll just bring it up a bit closer for you oh, not too bad no it's too much um, yeah the question then is that it'd be quite surprised how many people um, you say can you see the faces in the rocks or can you see the faces in the trees and um, or can you see the faces in the water or faces I in the in the rocks yeah and until you bring it to someone's attention then all of a sudden they stop and then their eyesight sort of changes shape you know like that. and all of a sudden oh never saw that before um it's like turning the lights on as um david tuano has been talking about tonight <laughs> he's been stalking us <laughs> the cheerio today um yeah so i think it's it's um uh, our presentation here today is really for people to look back later on and realize that um yeah you've got the gift it's natural and um it's time to speak up and um share those innermost um thoughts and dreams and aspirations you know um i think it's really more or less having other people around you where there's two or three gathered that you know you realize you're not alone i think that's the secret and we find that in all areas of our tribal community, we tend to congregate towards other people who've got the same sort of passion and desire, you know. Um, yours is more what I said, the cold face, you know, you're at the forefront saying, excuse me, hello, there is another realm here. There's other dimensions of time and space that um, we're all connected to. I mean, there's been a lot of Hollywood shows and documentaries that have come out, sort of inferred that space and time you know yeah you you uh you wonder um about some of these shows 
the people that wrote them or the directors or whatever, they've had to have had some experience uh, themselves because there's a, there, in some of them, there's some really good accuracy of how things appear and stuff. Um, like there, there's a, a movie uh, called The Knowing with, with Nicholas Cage. Hi. And people, you know, they see pictures of angels that look human with wings. Now I've seen angels, and I don't, they, I don't see them having wings, or them being human. They they weren't given a physical appearance when they were created. But I can understand why it would be depicted that way. But in reality, they are light beings, and what would be perceived as the wings would be this energy that's behind them. So at the end of the movie, it shows that these lighted beings. That, ha that look really similar to what angels really look like in their truest form. Um, but they will appear to us in a manner that we would accept them and understand them. I mean, can you, can you imagine asking to see God and have God appear? Uh, we, we wouldn't be able to comprehend that, you see. And so they come to us in the way that um, that we will understand them. The masters, they come in the way that they looked in their previous lifetime. All right. Okay. So um, one of your fellows there um, is asked about your your life in the uh, in the the band, the rock band. Um, I felt that um, might say something about it, but I I think our show really is all about generally bringing people's awareness to that someone like yourself, Michael, has gone through all these tests and examinations and all that stuff and you come through the other side and then you put your hands up and say, okay, I'm who I am. Let's move on. And um, and you now found your life and you've found a, a path that you're there and available for people if they wish to make the, you know, the migration through Zoom or Skype or, or physically come and see you in Washington State. Um, and you've actually made two trips to uh, to Australia, uh, Brisbane, two? and, and I think three, three of you. Okay, well, I'm only aware of two to Brisbane, um, and obviously uh, you're making that same trip for next year. I would would suggest. Would that be right? Well, I don't know yet. I haven't yet been invited, and it's not easy to do right now with things the way that it, that it is, um, but. I'm sure when things open up again, I, I will be invited back. Um, I just have to ask those masters to teleport you here, brother. You know, if I did that, I think people would uh, still have doubts. You're not going to win. <laughs> you know, I mean, one guy in Hawaii says, okay, I'll believe your apportations if you'll just do it spontaneously in the sunlight on the beach. Well, we met one day on the beach about a, two or three days later and out came uh, around 200 gemstones into the into my hand and some of them fell into his hands and and he just I never saw the gentleman again true it scared him but you know uh, this I um you know if you want to invite me somewhere you know um, I'm open to that. I'm going to be doing some online 
courses and some events as soon as I can figure out how to do that. And I'm working on that diligently along with my helper, yes. um, Christiana, and, uh, um, and see how that goes. I also have online readings um, through Skype. Uh, I will do Zoom. It's, it's just if I don't have someone there that knows how to run Zoom, I can't do it that way because yep. I'm, I'm not a technical person. I've done a lot of things in my life, but that is not one of them. Okay. And you, yeah. you mentioned, you know, the rock band. You know, that's, you know, part of my life that I had. Um, we never did get the brass ring, came close. And then my drummer and best friend committed suicide, and and I still haven't seen him in spirit because I always wanted to know why he did it because there was no note or explanation. But he did it in front of all of us, and um, and that's been something that I will uh, continue to work on. Um, uh, but the thing that's most important to me is what I'm doing now. And what I'm doing now is I'm opening up this feeling that evaded me for 20 years of my life, uh, and that's love. And that love transmutes into connecting with people, connecting to the masters, connecting to loved ones. Um, I, I don't usually do a loved one event. Every once in a while I will. Uh, because I, I feel that when you when you leave the earth, you're, you're meant to move on. Um, but there is also a process that spirit has to go through to come through, just like the process we have to go through to bring them through. So it works on both ends, see? Um, and if they're, they're able to, to work that process, then they can come through my mediumship which is one reason why I have Lady Nada helping me because loved ones line up wanting to speak to certain people in, in the room. But every time I do a loved one, I get, when I come out of trance, I have an upset stomach. Um, and that's because of the emotion. I'm taking on the emotion of everybody and the spirit that's there looking to speak to their loved one. And so I don't really like that feeling. Mm. And it lasts for a couple of weeks. But sometimes it's really necessary, though, to get closure, if you know what I mean. I did, yeah. Um, so, so from this point, um, I just want to stay focused on the mediumship part. Um, the billet ratings. Yeah. yeah the that's phenomenal. I'm, I'm planning actually doing a, a billet reading show online. Yeah. We're trying to figure out how to do that. Um, and as soon as I get that fixed, we're going to do that. Uh, I'm, I'm scheduled to be in um, Basel, Switzerland um, in November for, and I've been going there since the fort, since I believe 2014. Uh, twice a year um, didn't go this year yet and I'm going to be in uh, Erie Pennsylvania 
in July, hopefully. Um, and you can locate that information. Um, and to, to, continue, to basically continue to share uh, my gifts with people. Uh, I, I wrote a book one time uh, titled The Blessed Curse, um, which uh, depicts my, my, my gifts. Because there's a good side and a bad side, you know. It's everything, there's a duality to it. And But today I think I'm going to keep it positive. What do you think of that? Hundred <laughs> percent. Hey, uh, I want to talk about your um, what do you call it? Your spiritual football team. There, I mean, you mentioned Lady Nada. You talked about Saint Germain. You talked about um, oh, well, you mentioned someone else. Jesus. So, um, oh, you mentioned him. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, Serapis Bay. I think you mentioned as well too, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. So, um, how many, how many, how many of these dudes have you got lined up? Well, I'll tell you the names of the ones that communicate through my mediumship. Okay. St. Germain, most of the time. Katumi, who's a wonderful entity who works with the Yellow Flame. He's one of the Council of Nine of Shambhala. I also work with his brother uh, who speaks. His name is El Moria. He works with the Blue Flame, which is the calming of the emotional storms. Um, I also work with, um, uh, I, I mentioned Master Jesus, Serapis Bay I work with, but he is only spoken in my uh, mediumship, I think, twice in 30 years. Um, there's Mother Mary has spoken um, also. Um, see, there's Master Zozer, Archangel Michael. Um, there's, I work with, with, um, Hare Krishna and, and Ganesha, but I don't believe they've ever spoke, uh, but they have, they have brought through, uh, sacred objects for people. Um, <clears throat> Master Odisha and Lady Rasha. Lady Portia, who's Saint Germain's main squeeze. Um, <laughs> uh, and by the way, Lady Nada is actually um, Mary Madeline, who was uh, one of Jesus's wives. Uh, I'm, I'm writing a book about uh, Jesus. He comes to me in his spirit body and gives me information about his life, including the time that you don't read about, um, the missing years. Okay. And. If I ever can get it, I've been working on it since uh, 2013, and I still haven't got it finished. Because um, I have to decide what I'm going to actually write and what I'm going to keep out, you know. Um, Can't you do there, it as a biography and just get him to talk through, and you just get it, it yes. just itself up? You know, this Buddha. Buddha <laughs> speaks every once in a while but the problem with him is, is the consciousness has to go through my consciousness first even though oh, okay. I'm right. in trance yeah. so him and I have a hard time connecting so most of the time he just materializes in the room 
And at one point, he materialized in the room, and he, he was not a short, fat, bald guy, okay? <laughs> he was almost seven feet tall, which sure. is unusual for, for someone uh, of that time, period. Anyway, he lifted this lady up with his hands all the way up to the ceiling and then let her go, and she was levitating there. This was in a room full of people. And at one point, she described that she um, – didn't think she was in the room anymore because she couldn't, you know, touch the ceiling. And, and, and apparently she had a, a, a severe pain in her back that she's had since she was a teenager from an accident. And that pain was gone um, afterwards. And so he, he sometimes comes in for that purpose to help people um, as do some of the other masters that don't communicate through me. Um, and, and by the way, the, the voices that come through the trumpet have been analyzed by a scientist by the name of Eckhart Cruz. Um, I wish I had his email address, but you could look him up online. Eckhart Cruz, he's out of um, Heidelberg, Germany. And the signatures relative to Hertz, um, they were all coming from separate voice boxes. So, you know, if people think, oh, it's him, well, look at the science. Um, he made a comment, if I am somehow able to figure out how to, to fool the, the technology, I should become a, um, I should quit what I'm doing and become a professional opera star. And what he was talking about was Lady Nada's voice. Because <laughs> her voice was so high on the gauges that it, they were almost not able to, um, you know, right. to, to get it. And, um, and she does, she has a high pitch. So, um, sound and, you know, sometimes she'll do it for two hours. Now imagine me or you trying to talk like her for two hours, what that would do to your voice box. It'll be like this for a while. Right. <clears throat> Um, but there's other masters to, uh, that, that come through or materialize or bring through sacred objects. Uh, um, the, um, there's just a, there's just a, there's just a lot of them. Ashlim, who is the, uh, curator to the Akashic records. Um, he, he, uh, brings through objects, um, Babaji, if you'll hand me that uh, Babaji bowl, I'll show you this. This app poured it out of my stomach, and it's a handmade gift from from. Uh, no, no, the the mind. Oh, mine's downstairs, isn't it? Uh, okay, I forgot my my Babaji bowl is down downstairs but this one is a tibetan bowl with this came through um my chest area um from master buddha and it has a really good uh sound to it oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah um uh, all kinds of different objects come through all different kinds of sizes. Nothing as big as a uh, 
1948 <laughs> I would say the biggest object that ever came through would be a box the that that had two uh, it was a handmade box it looked like the box was made in the in the early to mid 1700s and inside the box was a bed of red velvet and laying in the bed of red velvet was two <clears throat> solid silver goblets um, that were handmade with St. Germain's uh, Hallmark um, etched in them. Later on during that seance, he told everybody that he made them and that they were special energies and so forth. And uh, that <clears throat> the next night, I, I had them in my uh, temple that I had at the time. Someone broke in and stole it. So I don't know really what happened to it. And the masters can't take it back until it no longer belongs to someone's care, even if it's stolen. And um, But that was about the biggest thing. It, um, I would say about that wide and that thick. And it, it came out not in light. It came out in, in a red light uh, seance. But people could still see it coming through. Um, but that would be about the biggest thing that, that I've apported. I, I, I have apported a bowling ball size crystal ball with the help of um, Kutumi. Uh, and that was done in, in, in front of people. Most of the stuff that I do, there's witnesses. Sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and there'll be a whole bunch of gemstones laying on my pillow that I apported during the night or when I'm at rest, people like to take me out to dinner and they, and they try to get me something that has sugar in it because sugar reopens the vortex for some reason. Oh, okay. And so I'm sitting there at dinner and all of a sudden I'm apporting all these objects. And, dinner. <laughs> yeah. And um, I mean, I, we even had a, a waitress drop the, the plates of food on the floor and she screamed and ran into the back room and she quit her job. Um, there was another time that I apported on the airplane um, on my way to, um, where was I headed? I was headed to, um, I think I was headed to Montreal from, from Hawaii. And this little boy saw me apporting sapphires out of my eyes because I was sitting there drinking a soda pop. It had, it had sugar in it, right? And she tells her mom, or he tells his mom, and he gets in trouble because she's thinking that he's li lying to her and wouldn't sit still. Next thing I know, I did it again, and the lady that was sitting across from me and the, and the guy that was sitting next to me seen it happen. Big old commotion occurred the um, steward or the flight attendant come back and what's going on. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm just practicing a magic trick. I'm a magician because <laughs> I didn't want to cause a big old problem. She says, well, sir, please don't do this anymore. So I didn't have any more Coke. I went to <laughs> bottled water from there. And um, so it just happens sometimes in, in places you don't expect. 
I was hoping that it would happen here on the show, but I'm not feeling like it will. Maybe next time. Yeah. Five cans of Coke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right now I'm drinking water. But, you know, one of the things in the apportation process, yeah. if not all of it comes out that's planning on coming through when the vortex closes, the objects don't go back to the origin. They stay in limbo. So until I apport again. And now if I apport or eat some sugar um, after an event or a few days after an event and that vortex opens up, what's left will come through. Yeah. Or I wait till another seance where I'm doing it publicly. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm planning on doing a billet reading apportation event live online here as soon as I figure out how to do it. The question would be, um, it's the person's energy that's actually going on the card, isn't it? Uh, is that is that the dilemma at the moment? Um, right now, yeah, because I, I will have to basically, I don't see how I'm going to be able to do it because I would probably have Christiana on one side of the, of the laptop reading the questions and she's going to write them down on a, on a, on a card and then put them on, uh, in the, uh, in the basket while, while I'm blindfolded. Right. Mm -hmm. And everybody will see. Now I'm, I'm thinking how we're going to do this is we're going to have people get a hold of her before the event. I think so. Yeah. Um, but then people could say, I read it. Oh um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we'll, we'll figure out something. And then, I'm going to have um, Lady Nada tell me what the question is because I'm probably not going to be able to pick up on it. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll, it'll, it'll be interesting nevertheless. Uh, but I want to do it in such a way where people can see I haven't left the camera area and, and that she's receiving the, the questions. Um, through the billet reading process. There's another way of doing it where she actually reads out loud the question and then I just come up with the answer somehow. But that's not as, as exciting as doing the billet reading thing. Now I realize, yeah, yeah, it's quite technical. Uh, but, but we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll, we'll we will uh, fly you out here so you can help me do it. <laughs> yeah, in fact, um, we just use this, the software that we've got for running the radio station and um, We'll set that up so we could have Christiana, Christina, sorry. Christiana. Christiana. She could be on one uh, camera. You can be on another camera. I can be on another camera and and you're all, you'll be all done. And then between Christina and I, uh, Christani, Christ, oh God, here we go. Is that again? Christiana. Yeah, Christiana, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, uh, it's Italian. Christiana uh, yeah. is for girls and Cristiano is for boys. I got that now. Um, yeah, so when you read the name, it sounds like Christian, isn't it? Um, you know, so let's get something could be done there because that means there's a third person who's um, totally uh, independent. I, um, I just want to come back to the masters because it's really um, a great subject because um, the masters of the Far East by Mr. Sporting that's a phenomenal book. Um, if people take the opportunity to read it because that's set in the 1920s, isn't it? When they went and made that. Yeah, yes, I believe so. Yeah. Um, I noticed that you've mentioned Lady Nada, and I think you mentioned Lady Porter, I think. 
Is that right? I think there was a female names that you've thrown out there as masters. I'm quite sure there's a whole. Yes, there's female masters too. Yeah, yeah. I thought there would be have to be heaps of them. If you really understand Jesus's teachings, he basically says that um, everyone is equal. It doesn't have anything to do with gender. You know, your your, your gender, your belief system, uh, your orientation. None of that should be a judgment on whether you're above or below someone. Everything, everyone is equal. And the masters, when they come, um, they prefer that I'm not up on a up on a stage or standing at a pedestal, because yeah. that indicates that I'm above or they're above these people. So I sit at the same level, and so do the masters. Um, to show that we are equal and just as important as 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 the as anybody else. Gotcha. Hey, um, so um, so they've actually come out of the ethers and physically manifested. That that's that's a phenomenal um, experience as well to receive. Can I also suggest or oh, ask where do they in the etheric realm? Where do they actually? Um, Habitat, where is there a certain place? Well, there's, a, there's, there's, a hundred, there's 144 ascended masters that are focused on this earth plane, this third dimension, to, right. to help us. Now, not all of them uh, had a physical life here. Um, some of them, like for instance, Sananda, um, is actually Jesus because Sananda was the, was like, um, Son of Kamara, they were they were uh, uh, scientists, travelers, explorers, and they uh, Sananda came here and had a physical life, and then at some point he decided to come in to leave a message for us, and so he came in um, as Jesus, which is actually um, Yeshua ben Yosef is really how you pronounce his name, and. and he um, left a legacy of forgiveness and love and light, <clears throat> togetherness, equality. And you don't really read about that in, in mainstream religion too much, uh, uh, that part of his teachings. But um, he uh, wants us to realize, you know, that we are one with our own identities and so he uh, came here as Jesus and Sananda Buddha was born here and and ascended with the green uh, light which is connected to enlightenment Buddha um, came here I mean I'm sorry Babaji came here uh, and actually did something that was quite uh, unprecedented, and that is <clears throat> when he was 19 years old, when he was studying to be a master, he uh, actually jumped off a thousand-foot trip uh, uh, cliff to prove his, his belief system. And when the group, his, the other students and the teacher walked down to the bottom of the cliff and saw what they expected to see, and then all of a sudden, a, a, a magnet, magnetic electrical vortex opened up the red rocks, or I mean the black rocks that were on the ground, lifted three feet up off the air. A white light 
opened up and out came this figure. And it was Babaji, completely alive, all in one piece, um, other, but looking about 10 years older than he was when he jumped. And he's left beautiful stuff. In fact, he helped me heal from liver cancer. Um, and, and when you think about St. Germain, the, his title is the man who never dies because he, he pops up all over the place, but there's never any records of death or, and he apparently he has more money than, than, than Bill Gates has. And, uh, but he doesn't focus on monetary uh, amounts or whatever. <clears throat> he uses it to help uh, mankind and womankind alone, mostly children. And uh, the guy is, is multi-talented. His master teacher is um, um, Melchizedek, who is the one that taught Master Emil, who I haven't brought up, how to alter his DNA from man to, to female through alchemy, which he ended up doing. So he was born a male, ascended a female. And that's why when you can find a picture of Master Emil, who, by the way, is the master teacher that uh, comes to the Spalding group in the book, sometimes you see him looking like a man, sometimes you see him looking like a female. So um, that's kind of an amazing thing. And he also, uh, uh, um, Melchizedek taught St. Germain his alchemy, uh, where he worked with minerals, turning lead into gold and uh, um, string or uh, wool or whatever in the, into gold um, or silver. Uh, but he didn't do it for the monetary value. He did it because the properties of gold and silver alone is very, very healing, especially silver. Uh, bacteria cannot last long on, on the uh, silver. That's why I use silver coins instead of gold coins um, when I'm doing the apportation because I don't get effect, infection. I used copper coins before. I've used gold coins before. And every once in a while, my eyes would swell up with infections, but it's never happened with the silver coin. Um, and then, but some of them haven't had physical lifetimes, uh, but they're here to help. Um, uh, did that answer your question? I think so. The only other next question would be, um, I have a tendency to go really long around the barn and answering a question. So cut me off if you need to. No, no, you're an orator. Hey, um, so in the etheric realms, have they got little um, spots around the planet based on well, that, time? That, that was what I was going to say. These 144,000 master teachers, starting with Sonic Kamara, he's the, the head of the group, um, exist in a place called Shambhala. Now, this is in the higher ups of the Himalayan mountains. Um, every five or seven years, there's a pilgrimage of people that go there trying to be, you know, to show that they're worthy to be let in. And some of them will actually crawl on their hands and knees for a hundred miles to show their worthiness. Well, the masters are not looking for people to put themselves through pain and trauma to show their worthiness. 
the worthiness comes from your heart. You know, you don't have to torture yourself. Um, uh, I'm trying to think about, there was, there was, I think it was, um, I'm trying to, Oh, oh, Quan Yin. Yeah. She was actually uh, given to Shambhala because at the time the ruler of, of, um, of China was having all female children that were born executed. And her parents saved her by having her uh, put in a basket and it was lifted up by these monks that that uh, that existed inside this this temple, uh, which which we did today call Shambhala. Um, and then she was given to a family where she where her female identity was hidden, and until one day when she actually entered into the teachings, they didn't allow males and I mean females at that time, so she had hid her gender till one day when she was bathing in a sacred pool uh, one of the monks came down to get her for meditation and caught her but they chose to keep her and she's i think the the first and only female um entity that's ever been given that um uh that right um <clears throat> i don't know i think maybe i don't know if today if buddhism uh, has both genders or not in there, but um, it has nothing to do with uh, male chauvinist. Has to do with teachings and stuff. Um, but as far as I know, they they never turn anybody away, whether you're a man or a woman. Um, my problem is I have an issue with following certain rules, so. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'll, that I'll keep I'll keep to myself. Um, but uh, you know, you know, Jesus once said, "Sometimes you have to enter into the darkness to find the light." And that's kind of how I look at myself in that situation. You know, because I went from this person to that person, and then then to this person, and it, it's just it's like a a three pronged deal, you know. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, there's a couple of questions that have just come up on the comments there that you could see as well, but um, I'll, I'll I don't have to. No, no, you, stay, you stay where you are. I'll just run it past you. So I'll, I'll go with Debbie. Um, he's asked if there's a master Zena Plan 4. Zena Plan 4? X-E-N-A-P-L-A-N-T-H-O-R. Oh, that's the name of a master, and I cannot pronounce it myself. Oh, God. And, okay. and, and yes, there is. Okay. Well, the, I think that was the confirmation she wants to know if that's, there is, and you've just said yes. But that person's individual skills, is that something else that you could have a chat with and find out? Um, let's move on to um, David. He's been stalking us. It's really great because he's. He's found someone who's like minds. So he really is appreciating it. Um, he said it's uh, like listening to the books by Lobsang Rampa. Yeah, what we've been talking about. Rampa. 
Rampa, yeah. Lobe yeah. Scene, T Lobe Scene Rampa, yeah. Yeah, um, the, the, he, that entity was um, actually a real master teacher too. Cool. Um, I, this one does not work through my mediumship. Not all of the 144,000 do. I think it would drive me crazy. I don't think there's enough time in life to, to, to bring through all of them. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Um, now, we've got Helen uh, in Brisbane saying, Michael, you're invited to Brisbane. So there, there's an invitation for Brisbane. Um, Yvonne, who you're familiar with, uh, said, I just remember to mention that when you get a reading with Michael, um, you can have your questions answered by these ascended masters. So she just. It's just called a channel reading. A channel reading. Okay, cool. If you want a reading, that's just me and you. If you want a channeled reading, I'm getting your answers from the masters. Okay, so um, I'll just go back and bring up your website so that um, people can look at that website. There you go. And so um, whilst they're here that's in Australia. That's the email that you want to get to. My website is uh, www.michaelshane.com. Yeah, that our people are pretty savvy. They know well. Um, I have to apologize for it. I haven't changed anything in it in quite a while, but we are working with the idea of upgrading and fixing the website. But you can get in there by finding the info at michaelshane.com and just give, uh, you know, a, a couple of days. Yeah, we're to, all good. You know, we're on different all about. So, I mean, yeah. we're, we've had to work this angle out like 10 o'clock in Queensland. 12 o'clock in the U uh, sorry, New Zealand, 1 a.m. in the morning in the UK. So our listeners in the UK, you know, will have to wait till um, the morning to watch the show. But um, yeah, so we've had to work this time zone for your time frame being 10 o'clock here on Saturday morning was Friday night, 5 o'clock your time. So um, that just means that anybody who wants to um, make an appointment um, to do a, a session with you, they be best to sort of look at this time slot wouldn't they at this time yeah and, and i'm and i'm usually up until three in the morning my time too right. jesus okay um not not all the time in my no. uh, you know completely awake but um i have a hard time sleeping and when i do fall asleep it's really hard waking me up um and i want to say to helen thank you for the invite and uh and um evie for reminding um, me about my readings. Uh, when I do come to Australia, um, I want to shoot out some names of some people that are also gifted that host me. Um, uh, Inga Crossman in, in Sydney, Australia, she uh, invites me to, she's the one that actually brought me to Australia. And then in Perth, um, Karen Richards, who is a medium in her own right and, and very talented. Um, actually, from everything that I've experienced and seen, she's quite accurate too. Uh, not that I'm, you know, all knowing about people, but I enjoy, the, you know, she comes up with some wonderful things. Um, in um, Melbourne, a uh, gentleman by the name of, of, of Rob, and then in Brisbane was uh, Steve, um, Eva. I just don't know their last names right now. 
Um, and then also there, there uh, Debbie Selway, who moved to Adelaide, I think, where I might be going also. Um, and then there's you, Jeff or Jeffrey. Doesn't really matter. My answer to both. Uh, Shaw, right? Yeah, yeah, very well. That's right. I wonder if you were um, related to one of the generals in the Civil War. You have a famous general named Shaw. Is that right? Yeah, he was um, uh, the, the leader of the first uh, African American regiment, the the 154th. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to coming out there. It's a wonderful place to be. My friend um, Eddie, who uh, has a surprise coming for everybody here pretty soon. I won't say what it is to ruin the surprise. Um, <clears throat> and uh, uh, everybody I've met there, everybody's been loving. I mean, w one guy in uh, in Brisbane bought me some um, cold medicine and walked all the way to the store in the middle of the night and back again to make sure that I had this, this cough syrup. Really, I mean, it's just amazing how loving these people are that I have met in all these areas in 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 Australia. <clears throat> I mean, I was I've I've been met there with love and 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 acceptance, and uh, it, it's just it, it it touches me a lot, and I really look forward to to visiting and, and working there and coming there because the people you 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 come to realize. Uh, if you look at the history, you know, it's just beautiful. I mean, um, you'd never met me before and you treated me like I was, you know, a long lost cousin. But we all do that. Yeah. You know, so, and Helen there, I mean, she's, uh, who invited me to her church. Um, she's just the sweetest lady, you know, and boy, she is all about business, <laughs> which is good. That might be why she's in charge. Um, but um, so I'm looking forward to it. The people in in Switzerland, also, uh, it's just a it's just, it's just a whole nether environment over there. Um, you got and, the energy of the mountains and the lakes, haven't you? It's quite yeah. Uh, Get an energy. Great. Uh, I tell you what, this D David uh, T1. I mean, uh, he lived in Brisbane. I'm sure he's back in New Zealand. So, David, just a shout out call, mate. If um, if you've got your network over there in New Zealand, just um, come through and just send us a quick link and say, "Yep, hey, bro, we can do something here in New Zealand." Okay. Yeah, I've been uh, looking forward to doing something there, partly because I want to see where they uh, filmed the Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, at various different venues um, or locations throughout the North and South Island. I mean, Heather came on. She's uh, over there at Mount Manganui, which is very sh short, one and a half, or well, I suppose an hour and 15-minute drive to Matter Matter where the, um, the Hobbit villages, you know, and everybody goes to Hobbit Town as part of a trip around New Zealand. I mean, if you fly into Auckland, there's a huge big, you know, the dwarf, you know, in the, yep. uh, the, in the uh, mountains there. Well, They've got one there. It's about ten foot tall, um, 
And if you go into Wellington Airport, uh, the capital of New Zealand, it says, welcome to Middle Earth. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't say welcome to Wellington. It says, welcome to Middle Earth. And um, if you go inside there in the, uh, uh, well, the food court areas there, there's um, Golem there, you know. And got that little, you know. And um, they've got the salmon where he fishes to try to fish out the salmon. It's, um, okay. Yeah, they, 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 New Zealand's sort of become, you know, Lord of the lord of the rings you know it's, it's a really great promotion yeah well it's a beautiful place even before that you know i've seen pictures i've never been there but i've seen pictures and and stuff and it it uh it's absolutely beautiful there it's beautiful in your area as well um uh you're in uh canes correct no no just down here in brisbane here um the background there is about an hour and yeah. an hour and fifteen minutes away. That uh, scene that you're seeing in the background there. So um, now, I'm not seeing anybody ask questions, um, so I'm, I'm not getting that on my screen. But would you like to see if anybody has any questions? Yeah, I've, I've, I've responded back to you. So Dave's um, he's no longer in New Zealand. He's back here. He's actually um, just in our location. So um, he's just around the corner. It's nice of Dave to know. But it's all good. So he's um, a natural healer. Okay, so um, no, we've basically we've gone and knocked off everything that needs to be uh, said because um, there's really a, a – we started with the opening there by showing people how you brought their ports through and then how you sorted it all out and explained what was um, – what gemstone, what rock was what. And then um, we had a photo up there of you doing the billet reading. So um, – I mean, we've got one there of a video clip of five minutes, 30 seconds there um, of reading, a, doing a billet reading. But um, I think there was one more, per that's more personal, I think, um, to the group that was there that night. Um, but generally speaking, it's been, it's been a pleasure to have you here. We'll definitely get you back. And uh, it'll be, it's awesome. So uh, in the meantime, it'll be, it'll come back up onto your site and, um, as a result, you'll be able to read the comments and you can respond back to them, yeah? yeah? Okay, that sounds good. And thank you for having me. It's been great. Um, I look forward it. to doing it again, and I'll be talking to you about the other stuff later. Okay, um, so what we'll do is we'll say a big cheerio to everybody. Thank you very much. And then um, I'll just oh, we'll end the broadcast, but you stay on so I can have a private chat with you. And then we'll go back to a normal radio station programming uh, for people uh, who've been listening to the show. They'll be able to go back to the normal radio station. But um, if you stand by, all right. Um, yeah, thank you. Namaste, everybody. Yeah, okay. All right. Ciao now. Bye. Bye. See you later. <laughs>